Wow. It's been a good day in the house, hasn't it? Everybody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Powerful presence. It's like Fourth of July was this week. Independence week. Isn't that amazing? We're we're already there. The fourth of July. Pretty interesting. June. We're through with June. You know the title that everybody just kept referring to June as Pride Month? Hmm. So what would that make July then? Humility Month? Joy Month. Yeah, yeah. Joy and humility. I think in, in, uh, in humility is where we're, we, we express gratitude and thankfulness. The Bible says God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. So let's just call this Humility Month then. Huh? I think as we express our gratitude for what the Lord has done, what the Lord is doing, and we know what the Lord's going to do, we just thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are just grateful. You know, uh, it's interesting when the 4th of July falls in the middle of the week, we either have the Sunday before or the Sunday after to, to celebrate Independence Day. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. <laughs> I think we should, the first thing that we should do is stand together, take a look at that flag. It's like, man, we are still having the opportunity to live in the greatest nation on earth. As we express our gratitude to the freedom that we do still have, opportunity that we have to come to worship together, why don't we do the old school? Every morning I used to do this when I was in school. There's a few of you that would remember that. Let's pledge allegiance to that flag, expressing our gratitude. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Father, we just come before you with thankful hearts this morning. We're grateful for where we get to live. We're grateful for that we have the opportunity to express ourselves in worship and the freedom to worship you and come together. We thank you for that, and we do not take that for granted, and we thank you for continuing that for us in this nation, for this city, for this church. We bless you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I'd like to have John and Anna Bays come up here, wherever they are. These guys just got back from Africa. I don't know if you remember, we prayed for them before they went. They were going on a, on a mission trip to Africa. They spent a month there. Some amazing things have happened in, and taken place there. And also at the same time, Aunt Betty. Everybody knows Aunt Betty? We're going to end up sharing some some testimonies together of what, what God's doing and 
one of the things that, yeah, so many things that we have to be grateful for and to celebrate right now. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think let's start with John, Anna. Which one of you is the spokesperson here? Wow, that's funny. I do all the talking on the phone with you. We get with a microphone, it's going to be Anna. All right. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll jump back and forth. I might even have some questions for you. But, you know, the, I want to just lay a little foundation for, for these guys. They came to church. I was like, and I should be asking you, when did you guys come? That's what I thought. Close to four years. So, okay, she's officially the spokesperson now. <laughs> About four years ago, they, they came to this church, and, and one of the reasons that they came, John had shared with me, is their daughter came to youth camp. And when she came to youth camp, she had this amazing experience where what we refer to as fallen out under the power, slain in the spirit, whatever terminology that you want to use. And she went back home excited and shared the story with her parents and they came around because they wanted to see what that really was all about. Is that not accurate? They visited the church just to see if that was the real deal, the real thing, (laughs) and learn some more about that. And I remember this is something that, that, that so once they found and were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were lit on fire. I can remember right over there, coming, uh, John coming up here. This is probably now had to be between two and three years ago. Coming up to the front for prayer, and, and John Harkey was here. So, and uh, I went over to John and said, John, what would you like me to pray for for you? And he just said, I just want to be slain in the Spirit. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I am believing God for that, that that absolutely, that he will full delight yourself in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you want that? Okay, we're praying for that. And sure enough, he got to experience that. And it was an, an amazing encounter for, for John. But not long after that, he received his healing here at Valley Church. Which was completely life-changing, completely life-changing. And one of the things that John told me, he says, you know, I told the Lord, if you will heal me, I will give my life to you and I will do whatever you ask me to. So from that point forward, oh my goodness, these two and their entire family have been on fire for the Lord. We prayed for them about a month and a half ago, six weeks, two months ago, because they're getting ready to be faithful to the Lord and and take a trip to Africa. Now, if you would just share with us some of what happened in Africa, it would be awesome. (laughs) Um, Well, I was, we were praying to this morning and I said, Lord, you know, what do you want to, what do you want us to share? Um, It just seems like so much and. I started thinking about some of my favorite things that we got to see him do over there. And I said, Lord, what, what was your favorite part? And he said, how much I love them. And uh, everything we saw him do over there 
the people were touched by the love. And so um, we, rough estimate, 150 people got saved. Uh, Say that again. 150 people got saved. So you guys were over there for a month and saw 150 people give their hearts to the Lord. Yeah. Now that's a big praise report right there. And um, we got to lay hands and pray on most of them and multiple other people through the time. And there were two little boys that were slain in the Spirit for quite a long time. And uh, we asked about those two boys the next day in the village, and one of them had just... He's lost his parents. He's living with his grandma. And, um, you know, God knows. He's the God who sees. Um, and so that's, I'm going to hand it over to John and let him tell some of the more fun stories. But that was the part I wanted to share. And just how much God loves all of us and them. And I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to share. So, um about eight months ago, I was having an encounter with the Lord, and I had my hands up, and I felt the weight of just a brand new baby fall into my hands. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, that's heaven's treasure. And when we get to introduce him to the hope that's in us, the answer to the world's problems, you know, um, that's a treasure in heaven. And then a couple months later, we were at a church, and revival broke out that morning, and the pastor didn't get to preaching. And the Lord said, this is a baby shower. And so when he's equipping us, and he's showing us how he so loves us, and then his love is so great, you know, we, even being slain in the Spirit, the love's so great, it fall, you, you know, you fall out in it. It's so great because it's meant to be shared. So, and I know I got a little off topic. Sorry, Pastor, but you should have held this. <laughs> um, here, John. So, um, my uh, neatest experience was um, there's a lady, uh, Mary, that's in the village, and uh, we had, uh, she was uh, really good friends with our friends that we went with, and um, she got slayed in the spirit. Uh, at her little uh, her little cabin deal there, um, we we left that night and she was out for about three hours. But then she would wake up for a little while and then go back to sleep through the night. But the next day she prayed for two kids that got healed. Yeah, so it's just it's just amazing. And then uh, also we we uh, we fed them one Sunday and uh, started like a feeding program. And she fed them also today. So it just keeps working. <laughs> so one of, the thing, well, one of the things that these guys want to continue doing is keep that food program going over there. And how many people did you feed? You know, we thought we was going to be feeding like 300, and it was over five. <laughs> So 150 souls saved, fed 500 people, and they said it costs about 50 cents a person to feed them a great meal over there. It's something that in the future that we're going to talk about more, that we would like to help support that effort to, to feed those people once a month, wouldn't we? Yeah, amen, amen. 
one of the things when, when he's telling me all of the things that they did and accomplished over there, we were talking on the phone, and he says, yeah, I remember, I remember you said, we used to have a lot of conversations together. He, they were calling me on a, on a very regular basis, and he says, you s- tell me what I said. <laughs> what you said I said. About obedience. It, oh, he, t- he told me that uh, if you're obedient, you can change the world. <laughs> simple obedience. Simple obedience. That was it. Simple obedience. You can change. Uh, change the world. That, that song, Simple Obedience, changes history. Yeah. I think you can change history and change the future for a bunch of people in Africa that, that touch on their lives. John said... You know, we had a, he was telling me on the phone, he said, 150 people, we got saved. He says, we didn't end up having time to baptize them. He says, so we just laid hands on him and baptized him in the Holy Spirit first. And the guy that's left over there, he said, he, he can end up baptizing them in water. So. Okay, yeah, you guys might as well just stick around for a second. And then, you got to leave. No, just like, yeah, just stick around and look good for a little bit. We're, we're just getting used to seeing you again. And Aunt Betty has been, uh, we've been praying for her on Wednesday mornings oftentimes because she has been one, two, probably four times in the last six weeks or so uh, ministering in the women's prison over there. And she's getting ready to go back and minister in the women's prison again this Wednesday, and she's going to be baptizing this Wednesday. So, yes, share. Well, I am so humbled to stand here this morning with wonderful, wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to praise the Lord because this outpouring has reached into the prison, prisons in Boise, not only the women's prison, but the men's as well. Uh, about a couple of months ago, Brother Kiki was uh, sharing in the chapel at the main site, and the Holy Spirit fell, and men were falling out. Men were praying in the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, and it went past the time And the guard didn't know what to do, so he called the warden and said, I don't know what to do. These people are out of control, but God's doing something. I don't know what. And the warden said, do not disturb it. Let them go. We don't want to interfere with God. Yes. And more than an hour, I think it was a couple of hours later, they closed the chapel and got everybody out. But the Holy Spirit had his way. And the Holy Spirit, for like the last three months... Every time I go, I try to have the Wednesday people pray for me. They anoint my hands. They anoint my head. And the Holy Spirit shows up and blesses those women. A year ago, July, we baptized 100 women. And this Wednesday, yeah, thank, praise the Lord. Yes, it was a wonderful thing. But the institution had everybody uh, sign up and be vetted and approved to be baptized. Guess what? This July, the administration said, we don't we need a list and vet everybody. Anybody that wants to be baptized can come and be baptized at this baptismal service. 
Yes. And there are only three people that are vetted to uh, work in this. It's my coordinator, Pam Russell, and her husband. He will be baptizing, and she'll be helping. And I will be trying to get order. They expect around 200 women. Uh, so you just pray that the Holy Spirit does just like he did with, with John. He will do his work and pray that that will happen. have to tell you this really quick. Uh, three weeks ago today, there was a very powerful gospel rock evangelist that was in Idaho visiting the, the prisons and sharing his powerful ministry. At 7 in the morning, three weeks ago today, my phone rang, and my coordinator where he was staying, he and his wife were staying, she said, Betty, can you come quick? Eddie B. is really sick. He has acid reflux. He has blisters in his throat. He can't talk. He can't sing. He has two shows to do today. Would you come and pray for him? And I said, sure. So I wadded my hair up in a wad and stuck a ribbon on the back of it, jumped into my clothes and went out there. And all the way out, I said, oh, Lord, there's not a prayer group there. There's not a preacher. There's just me, Lord. And, I, and, and I'm just incapable. It has to be you. And I just felt so, so unable to do anything till I got to the door and when my door my hand hit that door I felt a compulsion I couldn't wait to get in that house and put my hands on that boy and pray for him and I just bolted in I didn't think about us getting in a circle I didn't think about oil I didn't think about anything but putting my hand on his chest and my other arm around him and that's what we did and I just told the Lord Lord you are the great physician. You are the great healer. You are everything, and we're doing exactly what you told us to do, and we're simple enough but strong enough in faith to believe that you will heal this boy. And boom, his hands went in the air, and he said, Mama, <laughs> he said, my chest is hot beneath your hand. The Lord has healed me. And he was totally healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he did his two shows that day. And he said, Mama, on Wednesday, I'm doing the Lady Lifers at the Boise Prisons, Women's Prison. Would you come and just support me? I said, I would. I showed up. There were 200 women, Lady Lifers, that filled the stadium. They had it on the baseball field. And he is a live wire, and you could look him up online. He's a highly acclaimed uh, gospel rocker. He has recorded 50 CDs and all of the CDs. He has written f the songs for the inmates or to the inmates. And God is, and he runs, he jumps, he dances, and the Holy Spirit just slays people. It's a marvelous thing. So I'm sitting there in my little country corner just loving him and supporting him. And, and then he, he stops in the middle of his show and he said, Mama, would you come up here, please? And he said, there's a lady that you have to meet. And I went walking across the baseball stadium field, and, and I thought, oh, Lord. And then he told about the, the healing that God had brought to him. And he said, Mama, would you sing us a song? Now, you have to picture this, this hard rocker that is running and jumping and dancing, and the stadium shakes when he plays his guitar and sings. He said, would you say, well, you know my little country songs. And he said, please sing us a song. So I said, okay. 
So he strapped his guitar on me, and he weighs about 98 pounds, and I weigh 498. And so I said, does this strap have an extension on it? And he said, no, it was custom made for me. I said, oh, great. So I have it out here. But I said, I'm going to sing a song that is the most recorded song in gospel history, and it's I'll Fly Away. And the Lord just swept that stadium. And at, at the end, I, and I praise the Lord for that. And at the end, there were 31 ladies that gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so, just pray for them. But it's, there is an outpouring. He, the Lord is just moving in the men's and the ladies' prisons. And please pray this Wednesday that he'll have his way. Because it, it looks like it's going to be chaos. But... You know, that's when the Holy Spirit does his best work, is when we, we're out of control and he's in control. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. So, young lady, what was your last birthday? What does that have to do with anything? Because <laughs> I would say, you, are, you sure ain't retired. You are refired. And we're and I'm going to ask these guys to pray for you. These these two right here. They they. And then if everyone would just extend their hands to her, that they will have a, she'll have another amazing, incredible, powerful service and baptism this Wednesday from six thirty to eight thirty. So Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for rushing into that prison because where the Spirit of the Lord is, you know, there is freedom. Ah, We thank you for these beautiful hands and feet that are bringing that freedom, Lord. And we just pray blessings and increase on this ministry. Lord, just uh, fill them with fire, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just give them peace, give them joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for my Aunt Betty. I pray that you would give her just a supernatural strength to go along with the anointing that she carries. And I just speak blessing over her life. (laughs) And again, a supernatural strength to do all that you have called her to and all that you have in store for her. I bless her in that, and I thank you for what you're doing in her life through her and to her. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you a hand. Oh. Well, that was for looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, so much to be grateful for. What he's doing, what he's doing. And I think, if I remember right, she's... 82 years old and still going strong. I want to do something this morning that I have not done for 
probably quite a few years, and that's I, I want to teach on baptism. Uh, it was a, a journey that the Lord ended up directing me to a lot of scriptures. Uh, I was baptized in my early 20s and had no idea when they asked me, well, how were you baptized? Like, I was in water, full immersion. It's like, that's the only part that I knew that I really remembered. And as baptism became very, very, very instrumental and important to me, I did a lot of research and ended up getting myself rebaptized in my mid or late 50s, somewhere in there, because of realizing the, the true significance and the value of baptism and, and knowing and understanding what it really means, and then taking that step. So I want you to, we're going to take a, a journey. If you've got your pens and uh, something to write on, it's going to be several scriptures that we're going to go through where I'm just going to share what the Lord revealed to me and why I was rebaptized the way that I was baptized and exactly why I, we, baptize the way that we do. Are you good with that? So it'll be a little bit more of a, of a teaching and then some really good news, and I will have you out of here before 1230. <laughs> I think. Uh, we're going to turn. We're going to start. John 14, John 14, 10 through 17. Are you ready? Jesus, John 14, 10 through 17. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? We talk so much about this, and further into John 14, we're going to uh, even more about this. If you've ever read Pastor Dina's book, she talks a lot about Jesus in the Father, the Father in Jesus, and him, them in us, and us in them. It's like, that's, that's amazing. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. We all know the works that Jesus did. He came to destroy the works of the devil, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do why? Because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he, the helper, Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, everybody say, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 26, next. This is, this is so self-explanatory that, you know, you just grab onto that scripture. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he 
will teach you all things. What will the Holy Spirit teach us? And bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now let's jump to John 16. We go 12 through 15. I still have many things, he's speaking to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he'll tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Everything that Jesus has, anything that the Father has, is, belongs to Jesus. It's his inheritance. And he says, therefore... He will take of mine, which is also of God, the Father, and declare it to you. Now, we'd like to go to Matthew 16, 13 through 18. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philip, <clears throat> he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You are Peter, and they refer to Peter as the rock. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. On Peter the rock, or Peter the revelation that Peter had, that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. On that rock we will build the church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Jesus, Son of God, the Christ. Okay, Luke twenty four forty nine. Twenty four forty nine, not twenty nine. Didn't couldn't read my writing, I'm sure. <laughs> Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus gave the, the, the word, you know, stick around, stick around. Don't get in a hurry. Tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. 
the spirit of truth that will teach you all things will also endue you with power. Everybody say power. We want to walk in power and authority. We need to be filled, wrapped up with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I want to move to Acts 2, 32 through 38. Now, this was Peter speaking. I want to lay a little bit of foundation for this. We, we now, we know that Jesus was talking. This was red letter stuff all through John. He's saying, I got to go, I got to go. You're going to do greater things than I have done. You see these works I've done, you're going to do greater things because I go to be with the Father so that's, that's going to be a plus for you. I know you're really sad that I'm going to be gone, but I'm going to be with the Father. But I'm leaving you with the Holy Spirit that's going to be a counselor, comforter, going to lead you into all truth and empower you, endue you with power from on high. Comfort, teacher, counselor, man of power, 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 forgiver, healer, healer. So, all right, Jesus promised that, so they've, they've waited. Luke says, Luke 24, 49, they're waiting. They're tarrying in the upper room. Acts 2, 32 through 38 is what has happened. The tongues of fire came upon them. The Holy Spirit came as they tarried, like a mighty rushing wind, came into the upper room where they were gathered, filled them with the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire. They all came out speaking in other languages, and the people around them heard them in their own language as they came out, filled and on fire with the Holy Spirit. When we say, you know, fire, 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 it's like tongues of fire were sitting on their heads. Got to see the fire. So Peter came down along with all of the other, you know, the rest of the 120 people that are up there, and they're talking, and they're, they're speaking in tongues, and people are hearing them in their own language, and they're, some of the people think that they're partying, that they're drunk. They're trying to figure out just exactly what all is going on. And then Peter, ooh, endued with power, steps up to the stage and starts preaching this incredible message in which 3,000 people were saved. It's like, wow. So I want to start reading uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus, so this is Peter preaching right here. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. All meaning the people that were in the upper room. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, Jesus being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father, we're still talking about Jesus, right? Having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He poured out this which you now see and hear. It's like, oh, this is the outpouring of the Spirit that's came on all of us that we're experiencing, and you guys are getting to experience this. That's what you're seeing. It's not a bunch of drunks. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand 
till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So what has he made Jesus? What has God made Jesus? Both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? It's like, man, we see the power. We see what's going on. We understand now, are beginning to understand what's happening. And this powerful message that you've preached, oh, it's cut us right to the heart. Now what do we do about it? How do we get what you have? And Peter said to him, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized. How? Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I think that, you know, when we, we repent of our sins, that's required of us that we repent of our sins. But when we repent of our sins, that's one thing, but we're baptized for the remission you know, when cancer goes into remission, it, it basically is gone. It's no longer active. It's like, we're be baptized for the remission of sins. So sins have become inactive, no longer active in our lives. Remission. Sin has gone into remission. So for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. want to uh, take us now to, so, Peter, being led by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, came down from the upper room, preached this on-fire anointed message, led and taught, directed by the Holy Spirit, and what he says, for the start of the New Testament church that has now been filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 19, verses 1 through 7. Now this is Paul. We, we, we know that, that Paul, in Jesus' time, was not a good guy. He was a Pharisee that persecuted Christians. He's not somebody that had learned anything of Jesus' teaching. He's somebody that spoke against. He was a Pharisee, taught against Jesus' teaching. So keeping that in mind, then Paul had the experience, uh, the Acts 9 experience. We're going we're gonna to go there and we're going to read that in a second. But, but I want to go with, to, to the Acts 19, 1 through 7. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Everybody catch that, finding some disciples. So these were already believers, they were disciples, right? Everybody say disciples. He found a dozen disciples there and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They looked at each other, they looked at him, they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So when he heard that, he asked them, and he said, well, in, into 
what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of, what? Repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, after John. That is, on Christ Jesus, Jesus the Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were rebaptized. There's biblical proof of rebaptism. They had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't understand what it was even about. So Paul's teaching was then, you need to be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's right there in Scripture, right? Okay. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? <clears throat> Do you believe it? It's in the Word. Okay. Let's, uh, let's visit Acts 9, um, verses 17 and 18. Now, People were absolutely freaked out after Paul had his experience where Jesus came and spoke to him directly. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Struck him blind, put scales over his eyes. And, and uh, so Ananias had, the, had, had a vision. Or they came, or Peter, they went to him, told him what was going to be happening, that uh, Paul was going to be showing up there, and it, it definitely freaked him out. Well, Acts 9, Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him, on Paul. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on Paul, who was still Saul, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and arose and was baptized. Now Paul baptized in the name of Jesus. We know that by what we just read. So Paul received his sight, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and was baptized. That's just pretty cool right there, too, isn't it? It's like, wow. So Paul, who was never a part of the training directly from Jesus to the disciples, obviously was trained by Holy Spirit to baptize in the name of Jesus the Christ and then lay hands on people and see them filled with the Holy Spirit. So now you know why I feel very strongly that it, it, you can track right down through the scriptures that we baptize here as is directed by Holy Spirit through the New Testament in Acts as the New Testament church was established so we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the stopping, the setback, the turnaround 
of sins, and you will be filled with that promised gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to go just quickly as we go into some more of Paul's teaching in Romans. We're just going to skip really quickly through because I said I would have you through by 1230, and it's like eight minutes till 12 right now. So Romans 5, 8, 8 and 9. But God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners. Man, everybody say, we were sinners when Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, shall we be saved from wrath through him. Hmm. By the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that he made for us while we were still sinners sees us saved from his wrath. Uh, when I do a short version of, of this teaching before we baptize on Sunday mornings, it's basically primarily in Romans 6. So um, we're just going to hit some high spots right here. Romans 6, verses 3 through 7. Paul speaking to people, uh, speaking to uh, people that after he had described grace, that were saved by grace through faith, not through works, not through the law, but through grace, by faith, saved by grace through faith. Uh, so he's speaking to him. He says, "Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into, everybody say into Christ Jesus." As many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, this is the, the value and importance and the weightiness of baptism is understanding that we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Then just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, so as he was buried in a tomb for three days, we're representing being dead with him as we're going under the water, being buried under the water, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, Jesus, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Everybody say, dead to sin. Dead to sin. I'm dead to sin. You're dead to sin, because he who has died has been freed from sin. Uh, 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in, everybody get, again, in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're baptized into Jesus the wages of sin is death. Eternal life is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. For, uh, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. 
What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, he not with him, he with Jesus, also freely give us all things? Hmm. Last one, chapter 8, verse 37. Paul goes through how the height and the depth of love and, and, and what, what the love of God means to us and, and all of the things, the uh, trials, tribulations, and, and, and the many things. But he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we know, we know, we know who holds our future. We know who holds our hand. We know that we can be more than conquerors through him who loves us, him who keeps us, him who directs us, him who empowers us with his Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. I have two minutes to pray before noon. Father, I just I thank you for your love, for your compassion, for your goodness. You're a good, good God, and it's your goodness that leads us to repentance. We know that as we, as your scripture says, we delight ourselves in you, your plan is to give us the desires of our heart. And I just pray that our hearts would be in alignment with your will, with your purpose, so we could see heaven on earth. That you will use us, that you will direct us, that you will guide us, that you will empower us each one. Let's just, let's just open our hands right now to receive. I'll say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come, settle, fill, dwell. Holy Spirit, come, settle, fill, and dwell. Holy Spirit, come, settle, fill, and dwell. Holy Spirit, come, settle, fill, dwell. Holy Spirit, come, settle, fill, dwell. Pray that we would be empowered, that you would empower each one of us to walk out our destiny, to walk out our calling to assure us, <laughs> assure us of our future, assure us of this day in our identity, who we are in you, by your Holy Spirit, by your direction, by your love and your comfort. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.